First thing we are told about Nitananda Prabhu by authorized persons who were very closely personally involved in the unfolding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Nityananda Prabhu's mission. Persons like Krishnadas Kaviraj Gosami, in particular, Sri Vrindavandas Thakur, authors of Chaitanya Chirtamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavat, respectively. Shortly thereafter, Narottam Thakur, in many beautiful musical compositions, is that as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, so Nityananda Prabhu is Balram, Krishna and Balram. Rajendra Nandana Jai Sachi Sutta Hoilu Sei Balaram Hoilu Nitai. Narutam Thakur sings. This is a remarkable feature of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, this lineage, spiritual family, Sampradaya, Gaudiya, following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, who appeared in Godadesh, apparently. They appeared to have appeared in Godadesh, meaning West Bengal, a particular geographical region. But careful study of the ontological position of Nityananda Prabhu reveals that through his various expansions, while he manifests the spiritual domain, Dham, abode, to facilitate the enactment of the divine play, Lila, of Krishna, he also manifests through his expansions, partial representations, the whole of the material existence where we can play. <laughs> but our play is folly and Krishna's play arises out of divine knowledge. My point is, while he expands or manifests spiritual domain and the material domain as well, he also manifest the spiritual domain within the material domain. This is very wonderful. Nityananda Prabhu. So Godadesh means West Bengal, but actually this term Gaudiya, Gaudiya Vaishnav, our lineage is sometimes called Gaudiya Vaishnav lineage. That term comes in Chaitanya Charitamrita in the beginning, Adilila, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, calls us Gaudiyas. But it doesn't really refer to West Bengal in one sense. 
any more than the Dham, the place of appearance and divine Leela of the Lord cannot be limited to any geographical area. The very idea of limited area or something that we could measure is what material existence is all about. Sometimes the word maya is used to describe the material experience, illusion, maya, that which is not. And maya means also to measure. So this in one sense characterizes the mindset of one in a finite sense of existence. He or she, we want to measure everything, bring it within our grasp. But the nature of reality is that it's immeasurable. So we have to move from a finite conception to infinite conception. And to facilitate us in this, these spiritual places we call dham have been manifest in the material world by Baldev, Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Ram. But Krishna may come and play and not touch the material world itself. To be in it, but not of it. Kaviraj Goswami, Sri Krishna Das, paraphrases Bhagavad Gita's ninth chapter in his, in the course of explaining the ontological position of Nityananda Prabhu. He goes to great lengths to introduce Nitai such that it would be difficult for us to then, having had that introduction, misunderstand his Leela, which is very unorthodox in many respects in relation to the standards of behavior for civilized people, spiritual people. Nityananda Prabhu is sometimes called avadut. It means like mad, crazy. Because he wore his feeling, spiritual emotion, bhava, on his sleeve, so to speak. He showed it everywhere. This makes one very either hard to understand or easy to misinterpret. But so important was his position, is his position, in the unfolding of the Sampradaya, the community, and the, the good tidings that it offers, such good tidings to us. We are not that acquainted, mostly here in the West, with the scriptural canon of India, the Veda, and all of its intricacies. These are codes of working direction for human society. They seek to organize human society in such a way that gradually human beings will evolve and develop to their fullest spiritual potential. And it takes into consideration so many types of human beings in terms of their psychophysiological makeup, their desires. It's a very comprehensive body of literature with a very big thing in mind, as I say, to organize human society for a spiritual march back to Godhead. And it speaks of different guidelines for different persons in terms of their spiritual evolution. What Gaur and Nityananda came to give is the zenith of that spiritual attainment. And they came to give it to people who had not even the qualification for entry level into the spiritual culture. This is very good news for us, a special opportunity. 
But not being so acquainted with that, it's not as astounding to us as it is to those who are really familiar with the whole system. And such people who realized what this descent of Gauranitinanda was about, they tried their best, as mind-boggling as it was for them, to broadcast this news through their literature and convey to people the significance of this avutar, avutari, parama karana pahundui jananitai gaur chandra, sabavutar sarshirumani, kevalananda kanda, avutar avutari. Avutar means avutara, coming down, from up, coming down, crossing down, for the purpose, the implication is, of bringing us up. And avutari means the source of all that divine dispensation that comes down. So the avutari became avutara, the very source of all this divine dispensation over thousands of ages in different types as the Buddha, Christ, and Varaha, and the Sringha, Vamana, came himself. And in a special mood, with a special feeling, a feeling for that very thing that his highest devotees experience wanting to taste that himself. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and coming with Nityananda Prabhu. And as they say, giving to us something, we don't understand it very well, what an opportunity is. I spoke last night on this topic of Nityananda Prabhu and a point came in the discussion. It is said in the Upanishads, one who says he knows Brahman does not know Brahman. One who says he does not know Brahman, he knows Brahman. Again, it's this idea of measuring we have to dispense with. The nature of the topic is beyond our reasoning capacity. It's not unreasonable, but it picks up where reason leaves off. You know the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavat, that great literature that embodies all of the sacred literature, its essence, in one volume. Father told his son from Vrindavan, which this Bhagavat is all about, that Dham of Krishna's, where he performs his highest pastimes, Leelas. He said, go to Banaras and get an education. Son went, got an education, returned. Father asked, so, did you get an education? He replied, yes, Father. Father said, in the course of getting your education, did you study Srimad Bhagavatam? He said, no, that book I didn't study. Father said, go back to Banaras. Banaras is a place of learning, the Gyanis who is on the path of knowledge, who hold knowledge over bhakti, who think that devotion is a means to knowledge. And knowledge is synonymous with ultimate attainment. They like to congregate there. So he said, you have not studied Srimad Bhagavatam, go back to Banaris and this time study Srimad Bhagavatam. And when you studied it perfectly, your education will be complete. So son went, studied Bhagavatam, returned to Vrindavan. Father said, so have you studied Srimad Bhagavatam? Yes, Father, I have. And now I know why you sent me there. Now I feel I'm educated. He said, oh, you understood Srimad Bhagavatam? He said, yes. He said, go back again to Banaras and once again study Srimad Bhagavatam. So with a little puzzled look, obedient to his father, he returned to Banaras. Again he studied Srimad Bhagavatam. Again he returned to Vrindavan. Again his father asked, so have you studied Srimad Bhagavatam? A second time. Yes, I have. And have you understood it? He said, yes, and I understand why you sent me back a second time to study that book. And Father said, you better go again to Benares and study Srimad Bhagavatam. And three strikes, then you're out. (laughs) 
Try to get it this time. Anyway, he went. Again, he studied Srimad Bhagavatam, and again he returned to Vrindavan. And his father asked, so have you studied Srimad Bhagavatam a third time? Yes. And have you understood Srimad Bhagavatam? He said, no. I cannot understand Srimad Bhagavatam. And the father said, now you have understood Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nature of the, the subject, the topic. So, point is that our attainment, our nearness to attainment of the nature of reality, not only knowing it, but embracing it, being in love with it, our nearness to that would be measured by our expression, recognition, acknowledgement, our sense, our feeling that we've not attained it, that we don't know it. We cannot grasp it. Therefore, again, Upanishad said, those who say they know Brahman, they don't know. Who say they don't know, there's a likelihood they know something about it. Our guide, Bhaktirakshakshiradev Goswami Maharaj, used to say that attainment is measured in a negative way. Same point I'm making. He said, when you really feel that you're fallen, that you haven't gotten anywhere, then that is evidence that you're getting somewhere. See, one of my godbrothers volunteered. He said, Guru Maharaj, what if you really feel that you're not getting anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) You really do. And Sridhar replied, you really do? And you really are getting somewhere. And it was a little bewildering to him. But really the import is this. If you really feel that you're not getting anywhere, then you know what a precarious condition you're in, how useless is your life. Without getting anywhere in this, we have gone nowhere. If anywhere, backward, our involvement in material life is like going into debt. That's all. We have a sense of need owing to our identification with the body and mind's demands. No sense of our real self and its fullness and its completeness in comparison to this bag of transformable ingredients. If we don't understand ourselves, if we don't realize the self, or to speak of the nature of the self in terms of its relationship with the Godhead and develop a love of God, we have gone nowhere. We may think we've gone somewhere. As I've said many times, if you borrow money from the bank, you may think you've gone somewhere. You've got some money now. (laughs) But we know that actually you've gone only into debt and compounded by interest. So when we are on the take, so to speak, as a result of identifying with something that's really quite empty and in a need, the material experience, this bodily identity, then in attempting to get, by taking, we never gain. You know, it's only by giving that we gain. We lose, we go backward. So if we really understand this, if we really feel, if we really feel, as Shudamar said, really feel like that, that you're going nowhere, then you're getting somewhere. Because if you really do feel like that, he said, I really feel like that. But (laughs) if you really feel, then what will you do? How much you will reach out and cry, Nitai, Gaur. This is what it means. (laughs) You've seen people put their hands up when chanting. What is that? Bahuduli, Gaur Hari, raise your hands. It means like this. I give up my own effort is futile. Only by your kripa 
Only by your grace can I go up. You've come down to bring me up. The Avutari has Avutara descended in Goda. Apparently Bengal, but that place was set up beforehand by Nityananda Prabhu, manifesting the Dham. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descended there, and we are called the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And why did he descend there? Into our frame of reference, apparently a geographical area, apparently a person of certain dimension, size, historical, dated, came, left. These things we can relate to. <laughs> Game. He left, he was this big, that tall, that fat, this colored hair. But he came to take us beyond all that thinking. Certainly God has form. But the scripture says in many places he has no form. In many places he has form. How do we understand these contradictory statements? He has no form like ours. Nothing like this. Even if it looks like this, two hands, it's nothing like this whatsoever. Sometimes... Some of my students go home. Mother says, go to the refrigerator and get something to eat. They open it up. See, there's nothing there to eat. <laughs> it's like that. Mother says, what are you talking about? There are so many things. No, that's not food. They're vegetarians. <laughs> there's no food in the house. This is the idea. The spiritual form of God, it is nothing like the material form. It's so flexible, so supple, and so... Filled with parasya shakti vibhadaiva So many potencies, so many possibilities. God has a brother. <laughs> we cannot imagine such a thing that God is even a person. What to speak of then having a brother? This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And the sister and family. And we are taught, give up your sister, give up your family, renounce the world. But God has a family, a <laughs> brother and sister. They are enjoying in Nadia. Kirtan at Sangam, very difficult concept to grasp. Teaching about Vairagya, to some extent, detachment from the worldly things, and the ideal is Krishna dancing with gopis. Very difficult to understand. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu come to make it understandable to us by their example. So this peculiar thing about Gaudi Vaishnavism, the point I began to make is that God has a brother, a big brother, Balaram, in Krishna-lila, and when Krishna comes as Chaitanya, Nityananda, in Gaur-lila, a big brother, who manifests the whole spiritual sky, the whole material existence, manifests the spiritual existence within the material existence. These Gaudiyas, from this spiritual lineage, see their thinking. Many people have some affinity for Krishna. Hard not to, if you hear about Krishna. So beautiful and so charming in form, in, in name when we sing and chant and stop thinking for a while. And in Leela, pastimes recorded as they are, so many of them, in brief, in the scriptural canon, so many people have some affinity for Krishna. I have traveled to many places and met many people with affinity for Krishna. So likable, our groomers used to say, Prabhupada used to say, oh, if they just hear about Krishna, they'll certainly become his devotee. And he's thinking, how can they not? But although many people in different spiritual communities appreciate Krishna, whether they be within the Vedic base or outside of that even, but what is this thinking of the Gaudiyas that is peculiar? They have thought, if Krishna has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where is Balaram? Do you understand my point? 
someone who could think like that really knows Krishna, really loves Krishna. Knowing means loving. To know him is to love him. There's a kind of knowing that is implicit in loving. It's an intuitive kind of knowing. It's not a brain kind of knowing. The knowledge is really inside love, real knowledge. When you love, then you know what to do. You don't have to ask anyone. They're on automatic. They love Krishna. means they know Krishna. means they know Krishna without Balaram. Can you imagine how much Krishna loves Balaram? In brotherly love? It's unfathomable, the nature of their amor, their relationship. Fastest of friends and Krishna's own guru, Baladev, acts as friend of Krishna, as guru of Krishna, in the role of elder brother, protecting him, and a servant of Krishna also. These three, in Bhagavatam, 11th chapter, 10th canto, they're coming from Gokul to Vrindavan on the bullock carts, arriving in Vrindavan. Balaram and Krishna are pretending to be cows and budding one another and playing as friends, intimate. Later we find in the 15th chapter, Baladeva is lying down and Krishna is massaging his feet. And Paganda Leela illustrating, oh, he's my guru and his servant. In the 13th chapter, Baladeva stops and thinks, what kind of mystic display is going on here? Why these cows are racing down to give milk to the calves like never before I've seen and mothers are so enthusiastic to give their breast milk to their sons. Very extraordinary. He thought, my master, he says, whom I am the servant of Krishna, has done something mystical here. Brahma Vimohan Lila, when Krishna himself manifested as the calves and all the cowherd boys. So Baladev has all these different feelings for Krishna. And Nityananda Prabhu for Gauranga Mahaprabhu. Gauri Vaishnavas flatter Krishna more than anyone. And flattery will get you everywhere, will get his attention. No one flatters Krishna like the Gaudis. No one says such nice things about him. Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, they take one little obscure. Other groups, Sampradayas, they also appreciate Krishna. They think you are taking from Bhagavatam this one pada, one line of one sloka out of a book of 18,000 verses and trying to make the whole thing revolve around this. Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam. But Krishna's avatari, source of all avatars. We don't accept that. You can reply in thousands of ways to justify this, as Jiva Goswami has. But besides all of that, this one simple point should put everyone to rest. Who loves Krishna the most, knows him the most. Simple as that. They love him so much, they say this about him. He's the source of Narayan. Never mind, they support it with thousands of verses. That's useful and helpful. But look a little further and you see it. it's not even necessary. Whoever has such feeling for him, who will say such things about him, they must be closest to him. And so they concluded. First, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. Namo Mahavadanaya Krishna Prima Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaurtishay Namaha. Rupa Goswami said, Oh, he's Krishna himself. No one can do what he's doing, giving Krishna Prem so readily. And then a further thought, if it's Krishna, because they know Krishna so well, Krishna is not going to be alone. He has to have his friends. Balram must be there. And so many others. And of course, what did they find out? 
What did they find out in thinking about this? All those Nitya Parshad devotees of of Goranga, of Krishna. And they thought, he is Krishna. So everyone else must be here too. What did they find out? That everyone else was themselves. They found themselves. Had been exported. Golokeva Premodhan Harinamasankirtan. From Golok. Krishna didn't come alone. Baldev arranged the dham. This is his position. Why he carries the plow? The plow is for agriculturalists, farmers. Balaram is depicted carrying the plow. The plow means that before you can plant a seed, if you expect the seed to grow, you have to make the field fertile. This is the work of Balaram Nityananda. To make the field of the heart fertile, the seed of bhakti will be planted there and take root, grow, blossom, and bear fruit. Nityananda Prabhu, as Baldev entered the womb of Devaki, readied the place for the diksha of Vasudev of Devaki. That means Krishna's appearance in that Leela, this is about diksha, initiation, spiritual transfer. So before he could do that, the place had to be made fertile. So our heart is the place where the seed of bhakti will be placed. And so it is Nityananda Prabhu's position in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's gift of love of God to make the heart fertile. Sangsara vasana mora when will you make my heart soft? Sangsara vasana. All these vasana. Vasana means desires, wants. They make the heart very hard. We ask His grace to soften that. Sangsara vasana. Take them away, all those desires. In this way, make me qualified that the dham, brindavan dham, will manifest in my heart. This is our idea. The dham, he can manifest the dham in the material world. And the material world is in our heart. That is the problem. It's an atrophied organ. It needs to be softened, massaged. It's very hard. What does Bhagavad say, Sutugasami? The heart is like steel framed, like stone. What is the proof? He says, there could be no better proof than this. Repeatedly chanting the names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Gaurnitananda, Gaurnitananda. It doesn't melt. People who, again, understand what is the descent of Gaurnitananda in the distribution of Hare Krishna mantra, like water. When they see people are chanting it, people are hearing it, and falling asleep. And people are chanting it, and just waiting to finish. I was advised by my guru to chant this. When will it be over? I've got things to do. Busy, busy. Or counting. I was told to chant a particular number of rounds. What is the purpose of that? It is not a counting business that we are involved in. Chanting business. This is the edict of Mahaprabhu. Always chanting. I've said before, maya means counting, measuring. And maya means mercy also. So it's mercy that the guru tells us, chant this many times, when the real order is chant all the time, constantly. But we are chanting and counting, waiting to finish, looking at the clock, 
This is meant for stopping the clock. That is the purpose, stopping the mind, stopping from all that busy thinking that the heart can come out and we as a soul can think for ourselves spiritually. So Bhagavad says, Sutta Goswami understands, and in our present uh, succession of Gaudiya Sampadaya, the Acharyas, they understood, what is the descent of Gaudiya how extraordinary it is. Therefore they can say, even when people repeatedly chanting and the heart doesn't melt, what is our condition? What is the condition of the people? There's no, he said, no vikar, no change, no transformation. He's talking about Sudha Goswami in his source, Ashtasattvika vikar, transformations of love and ecstasy. Mahaprabhu said, Srotam api upanishadam dure harikatam vita. The statements of the Upanishad, Tattamasti, Aham Brahmasmi, Soham dure harikatam vita. These are very far away from Harikatha, from talking about Krishna. This is only the beginning of spiritual life and understanding. And he said, Dure Harikatamita, Netaid, Jalam Ashu, Pulakar Ashu, Romancha. He said, these kind of things won't come from that. All of these transformations of ecstasy, that is what the Leela is made up of, won't come from Tattvamasi. From Harikata, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hari, that will come. It has such power. If it doesn't come, they are amazed. Why it's not coming? But they advise us, it will come. And they tell us, we are not paying attention. <laughs> so it is the very extraordinary dispensation, Lower Nityananda. Nityananda Prabhu's place in that is sometimes misunderstood. As I said, he's very unorthodox in his behavior. So Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami wants to preface any description of Lord Nityananda in the Leela with five verses that describe his Aishvarja. Sankarshana Karnato Vishayi, Gavodashayi, Chapayu Vishayi, Sesha Chajasyamsa, Kalasapumsa, Nandakirama, Sharanamamastu, and so on. He says, oh, he is, a, he is a, a brother of Krishna. He says first, but let me tell you this. He is a big brother. He's smooth Sankarshan. In four manifestations, he deals with creation. Sankarshan, Karunadakshayi Vishnu, Darbhadakshayi Vishnu, Shudakshayi Vishnu. And in the fifth, Anantasayas, Seshanab, he does all kinds of personal service to the Lord in all of his various appearances. He says all these are partial manifestations of this Nityananda. We are to first understand this. He manifests the spiritual world and the material world, and he manifests the spiritual world and the material world. Kaviraj Goswami citing ninth chapter, paraphrasing it. Matthani Sadhavutani Nachaham Tejavatita Paschamegogamashvaram This is his magic. He says, this verse refers to Nityananda Prabhu. How we found Nityananda in Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> Finally, I was thinking, where is he in the Bhagavad Gita? Conspicuous by his absence, he went to the south, Baldev, while Bhagavad Gita was spoken. There he did, demonstrated something that is peculiar about Nityananda and Balram. They don't like misrepresentation of religion. The pseudo-religion, false imitators, they don't like that. This is like pet peeve of Balram, Nityananda Prabhu. He came to Naimisharanya, Ramaharshan was speaking, Itihasa Puranam. 
says, My father was given the Puranas and Itihasas. He's a Tuta from a mixed caste. He was given charge of this section of the sacred literature, which makes that high truth of the Suti more accessible through stories, histories, examples. So he was mixed to half Brahman, half the man of the caste. But although he was given an important position, when Baldev came, he wasn't recognized by Ramaharshan. He was a Sutta, sitting above so many Brahmins. All the Brahmins stood up, they respected Balram, and he sat there. And Baldev said, what is this? What is the implication? They said, first of all, he doesn't like the religion. And he's all there in Borlila, Miketan Ramdas. If he came to your house, Nityananda Prabhu came to your house. He saw in the house of Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, Gunanava Mishra, the Brahmin, did not have any respect for him. Many Ketan Ramdas understood he had no respect for Nityananda. He broke his flute. He left that place. What did he say? And today I have seen the reincarnation of Ramaharshana. Kaviraj Goswami said, I told my brother, you fall down. You say you like Gauranga Mahaprabhu and you worship him. But you have no regard for Nityananda Prabhu. Better you are an atheist. You say you love Gauranga and you have no respect for Nityananda. That's meaningless. Pseudo-religion. False idea. Balaram demonstrated, as many Ketanamdas representing Nityananda Prabhu did, that we can be practicing religion and not even recognize God if he would appear before us. Nityananda Prabhu found devotees amongst non-devotees and non-devotees amongst devotees. He canvassed widely to the downtrodden people having been commissioned to do so by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, go from Puri and stay in Bengal. Don't return here. Mahaprabhu is called Mahabharata most magnanimous. And his magnanimity was manifest to its fullest extent through Nityananda Prabhu, who arranged for the most fallen to get the connection with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This was his reasoning. If you give your sannyasi, and now you are giving this to all the sophisticated people of the society, Saravam Bhattacharya, a great king of logic, Nyaya, he was actually hailed from Navadvip. Navadvip was very famous for Navanaya, Navanyaya type of logic that was a combination of the logic of Gautam, Nyaya, and Vaisheshika philosophy. He was very expert at this. He had come to Puri. Mahaprabhu came and converted him. When the news of that came to Nadia, the boy, Nimai, he took sannyas, and in his first preaching outing, he converted Sarvagam Bhattacharya, and the whole Jagannath Puri had come under his new religion. They thought, oh my God. We had only known who he was, but they really did know. Therefore, they lamented, if he would only give up that sannyasa and come back here with us, we could chant with him at the house of Sri Vastakur and do some kirtan. We know he's very wonderful. Now, this has been demonstrated. All the more reason we want him back, but we want him back on our terms, as one of us. He went south from there, that great poet, bewildered the mind of Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, but upon his conversion, he reasoned, oh, he's very extraordinary. You'll get along well with him. 
Meet Roy Ramananda on your way south, Sarabhama told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You two have something in common. There in the meeting between Roy Ramananda and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Arjuna got the chance to show that he learned Bhagavad Gita. So many secrets are there in Bhagavad Gita. It is implied in Chaitanya Charitamrita by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Arjuna appeared as Roy Ramananda. And in the Samvad, the conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Roy Ramananda, the whole discussion of religious possibilities is found. This is what Bhagavad Gita is about, comparative religion. It is not about so many different paths. Choose whichever one you want. It's about analyzing all the different paths that we might know by such what is the best path and the highest attainment and the quickest way to go there. And Radhamanan spoke. He took the place of the teacher and Krishna, Chaitanya, as a student. And Arjun demonstrated and to the secret message that you had there. But now, in your uncle appearance as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accompanied by Nityananda Prabhu, you are going to give to everyone, spread widely. And Mahaprabhu then moved on south and converted so many sophisticated people. Later he went to Banaras. The big Gyani, Professor Saraswati, he converted. So Nityananda Prabhu was thinking, this is your business, to convert all these high-class people. But if you convert high-class people, yes, it will bring some commotion. But they're qualified in so many ways. So people will think, oh, he gave a very high thing to very qualified people. That makes sense. But the Dinanda Prabhu reasoned, I want the full weight of his magnanimity to be known. So I will canvass amongst the most downtrodden people who have no qualification whatsoever and make sure that they get this, what Mahabhava came to give. Then surely he will be known as Mahabhava Nayavatar, most magnanimous. So the full reach of the magnanimity of Gauranga Mahaprabhu was manifest through his other self, Nityananda Prabhu. And we have to reach out and try to grab onto that. And all of us here, who have been influenced by Gaudiya Vaishnavism, have, through our Guru uh, Maharaj, Om Vishnu Padi, Sivakivedanta Swami Prabhupada, have a direct connection with that dispensation of it was our Siksha Guru, Bhaktivedanta Goswami Maharaj, who said openly after the disappearance of our Gurudev Prabhupada from the world, I think he is Shaktivesh Avatar. I tell you frankly, none of us, God brothers or God sisters, would have ever made such a remark. If you had someone would say, I think that's my Avad philosophy, or something like that. Shaktivesh means to be empowered by God, like a kind of incarnation, although the empowerment incarnate, a soul who gets that direct commission to act like God in the world. Then I think it is Shaktivesh Avatar. Then it spread here and there. Yes, oh, but it's Shaktivesh Avatar, and why should we listen to that Sridhar Maharaj? <laughs> <laughs> so many thought like this. Why should we listen to him? Oh, but it's Shaktivesh Avatar. But in his spiritual, uh, scientific mind, he made such an analysis, studying the lakshan, the characteristics of our Prabhupada, whom he knew so intimately, and saw him do such extraordinary things. He thought, hmm, he was my friend. I used to live in his house. He facilitated my early days as a sannyasi for preaching after the disappearance of our Guru Maharaj from the world. Very simple. It was very simple. Honest, devoted, 
Now he's gone to the Western world and created a revolution. I have to look closely at this. What is involved in this? And the reason crossing the ocean on the boat, the prayer was there, analyzing that in so many ways with, as I say, a spiritual, scientific mind, he concluded, oh, Nityananda Prabhu entered into him this time. And out of deference to Nityananda Prabhu, he established his deity everywhere, even though Ala Guru Maharaj Bhakti Santrasti Thakur, Siddhamar said, didn't establish the deity of Nityananda Prabhu, Gauranga and Radha Krishna. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayanya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna. And Gaur But our Pope established Radha Krishna in so many places, but Gaur Nityananda, more so even. Oh, and so many things he thought about. And he established Krishna and Balaram in Vrindavan. And he went to the downtrodden people outside of the Vedic culture. It is said that if you see Nityananda Prabhu in a bar with a non-Vedic lady, <laughs> don't for a moment think ill of him, what he's doing there. Places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Pakatsanyasi could not go. There's being there, people would think, oh, what is this Sanyasi doing there? Nityananda Prabhu went there, acting as one of them, give me a drink. <laughs> he would like that. <laughs> this, this, this mad, drinking even. I mean, he didn't drink, but... <laughs> and Prabhupada came here, intermingled with us. He accepted us like his own family. He ate what we cooked. You cannot imagine what this means to some people <laughs> in India. who were inside the system of the scriptures and all. He ate what they cooked. He ate from them. Can you imagine? Ruined. Some may think they even come over here. It's over. They're cast. Spoiled, their possibility for liberation is ruined. He came and lived amongst us. In fact, to be honest with you, he embraced us and rejected India in many respects. He said, they're not interested in this. Mahaprabhu said, Who's ever born in Bharat, India, he has this commission now. He must understand what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is about and take it to the whole world. What did Prabhupada tell us after his own experience? He said, this has been transferred to the Western people. This has been put on their heads now. And when we took it back to India, when it united there also his Hare Krishna movement, people thought, what? <laughs> they are liking this? They are doing the chanting? <laughs> you believe in it. You, you believe in this. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Some Indian fellow come up to you, you believe in this? You really believe in that? Yes, they could not believe it. This is like Nityananda Prabhu, going amongst the common people, as if one of them, falling at their feet, asking them to chant Hare Krishna. Prabhupada did like this. Sripad Govinda Maharaj, he had the wisdom to ask Sridhar Maharaj after some time when he had made the statement, shocking, but supportable, taking us to a new way of thinking about our day. That he's Shaktivesh Avatar, Govinda Maharaj asked. You said that Swami Maharaj was a Shaktivesh Avatar. Yes. Uh, what kind of Avesh? Very nice question. Palanavesh, like Prithu. Gyanavesh, like Vyas. Bhaktivesh, like Narada. What kind of Avesh? What kind of empowerment? And Siddhartha said, Nityanandavesh. This kind of power. There's a sannyasi, elderly gentleman from Bihar. He had a 
family temple. I think he was from a kind of a royal family. I mean, in olden days, all of the kings of India, the different parts of India, there was a time due to the religious and spiritual revolution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers that drew so much attention to Vrindavan. At this time, all the kings, Hindu kings, they had to have a place in Vrindavan. There's one thing to have money, but how you spend it really determines what you're all about. So if you didn't have a temple in Vrindavan, you were nobody. So much these Goswamis drew attention to this place. He had a temple there for generations and generations, and in time he became in charge of that. Eventually he came to Bhakti Lok Parmaviti Maharaj, my godbrother, and he took sannyas from Parmaviti Maharaj. And one day he told us that, oh, my grandfather, when I was just a little boy, he told me that Nityananda Prabhu, in a special way, has made an appearance on earth in the form of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And he will go everywhere. And you should try to connect with this in some way. Many years later, now he's made that connection. These are very interesting topics. A special dispensation of Nityananda Prabhu has come to us in this way. If we study only the, in many respects, the nature of Prabhupada's campaign, we can understand something about Nityananda Prabhu. If anyone rendered little service to Gauranga Mahaprabhu, what is it said about Nityananda Prabhu? He's purchased by that person. So great is his love for Gauranga. If anyone does little thing for him only, Nityananda says, you've purchased my life. I will never, ever leave you. Never forget you. I remember the time of the story, you may know. Prabhupada in 2nd Avenue, 26th 2nd Avenue, he's giving his Bhagavad Gita discourse, and some crazy man from the East Village in New York walks in and lets out a howl. <laughs> walks up and puts a roll of toilet paper down on the, the dais where Prabhupada is sitting and walks out. And all the devotees are astounded. Should we have grabbed that man and thrown him out the door? How do we to think about this? And understanding their mind, Prabhupada said, his devotional life has begun. Prabhupada, and Prabhupada didn't use toilet paper. But I think he, used, he did have the Indian system, but I think he used it that night. Hmm? <laughs> A little service only. We can only render little service. So. Therefore, the connection was made with him for all of us. So we should try to further that. And on days like this, remembering that Nanda Prabhu, we should try to think how fortunate we are and show some gratitude and make some resolve. Let me take advantage of this whole thing. Prabhupada, by the grace of Gaur Nityananda and Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, made a revolution. We should not put down the arms now because, oh, times have changed or there have been problems. What problems he encountered to come here only, to break the ground even. And you think it is a difficult task to distribute this idea in the modern society, then good that you take a difficult task that will occupy you. We need the mind to be occupied in something meaningful. What could be more meaningful than this? And if it's not, well, then where it will go and we with it. So we should try take advantage of days like this and stand up and think, yes, I'm part of this. I belong to this, this thing. I don't even understand it entirely, but I, I hear what being said, I want to be part of this. <laughs> it feels good. Like Richard Prabhu was saying to me, you know, sometimes you're talking and I don't think people understand, but it feels good to them. And they identify with it in some way. And so, if it feels good, 
do it. <laughs> We're very liberal minded. So, Itanam Prabhu ki jai. If you look at the Prabhupada ki jai, Vrivashna Guru Parampara ki jai.